0: And then we have Emotional Pump. Dreamy, I'll let you start out with this one. What do you think of Emotional Pump?
1: Yeah, my my first vibe, maybe it was because of the song that follows it, but I was... It, it's kind of a Camille song without being... having a Camille vocal. But I find that yep. it's very, very catchy. Like, it, like, I can't remember off the top of my head right now exactly what it sounds like, but it's when I when I listen to it I def, I I get I do enjoy the melody, I got sucked into that. And I have a note here it says like it it would it would suit an R and B girl group or something from the nineties or another protege band. Like like almost maybe I'm thinking it would fit somebody else better, but yeah, it's like I'm drawing a blank other than my notes, but it is one when I get to. I do enjoy
0: listening to it. Other so that, I don't have much else to add. Right. Well, funny enough, I know that this was originally written for Jody Mitchell of all people to to uh, take and to release. And Jody Jody Mitchell listened to it, and she's like, "This isn't my vibe at all." She's like, "There's no way I can do this song." So I can. I can totally see that because it doesn't fit Joni Mitchell's vibe at all. You know, Joni Mitchell's more of a, um, what do I want to say? Like a folk type artist, and, and this this isn't folk at all. It's more funky R and B type vocals, and yep. when I funky R and B type vibe overall, and you know when I. When I listened to it almost right away I immediately thought of the song Fill You Up. The Camille yeah. version the, the I have that in my notes. The B side for uh the the Batman track. I can't remember which Batman track it was the B side yeah, for but uh yeah, yeah, exactly. So it immediately made me think of Fill You Up. So much so that I'm wondering if these weren't the if he didn't use these same basic tracks as the you know, underneath the Camille version of fill you up because it sounds so similar. But the the notes that I have, um there's great vocal harmony layers in the chorus, again with the layered harmony vocals, so, so lush and rich. And then there there's a spoken part in there that's really really cool and, and you know, Prince trying to be really seductive and you know, all that whole vibe and it's really, really cool, so I really I really enjoy it. And uh then we get to Rebirth of the Flesh, which to me is really cool and really historically significant because it, um, you know, it completes the official release of all the Camille album studio tracks. So we finally have all the Camille tracks, studio versions officially released with this track. And um, what can I say? I mean, it's a stone cold classic i love it as an album album opener for the camille album uh it's just you know funky and there's there's tons of lyrical references to the you know to the there's a there's a dig at the members of the revolution you know asking to be paid more specifically brown mark he asked for his his pay to be raised and and so there's a lyric it ain't about the money, we just want to play. So you can see Prince being sort of bitter towards the revolution wanting more money, where for him it's just about the joy of creation, the joy of playing music. And he felt kind of resentful toward them for asking for more money. And so it's cool to have those little personal references in there. But, yeah, great song overall. Uh, One of the highlights of the set, one of the selling points of the set, I think, is finally having uh, the release studio version of this song, and I'm so glad we have it. I love the song. So, Dreamy, what are your thoughts on Rebirth of the Flesh?
1: Pretty much the same. It's nice to finally have this one. I think the only version we ever got was an MPG Music Club version which was from a rehearsal or was live or something. I haven't listened to it ages so I for, kind of forget what it sounds like but as soon as it, it starts like oh this is the one commercial track we don't have and it's like like celebrate and then there's this the one lyric that kept repeating we are here where are you. It's like that's like all, all hardcore friends fans know it but I didn't know this is where it came from so I'm,
0: mystery solved, so yeah, this is it this is just a fun one. Another good one. Oh yeah. Yep. And then Cosmic Day, another another track that almost reached mythical mythical levels in Prince Bootleg circles because for years there was only a one minute our one-minute, 30-second snippet of the song, and everybody, especially I know my friend Casey Rain of The Violent Reality. Shout out to Casey if you're listening to this podcast, but I know Casey had wanted this full track for years, and we finally have it. It's Cosmic Day. So, Dreamy, what are your thoughts on Cosmic Day?
1: It was a highlight right away, like immediately, like, I think I'd heard, I'd, it's another song I'd heard of, but I didn't really have any context for it, but once it started, like, it was just such a great vibe, so much fun, and, and but I could also, I was also thinking, it sounds like something the Bengals or girl group could have done, and just had a runaway hit with, and it's one of those situations where, you can say this about a lot of print songs, or, any other artist, they released this, a certain song and would be the high of their whole career. It's like, and, and it's hard not to be a little mad that this, he didn't release this or, or something because it's like, it's just, it's so poppy. It's so good. Like, I yeah. just, just love it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. We must be, uh, we must be sure sharing brainwaves or something because I have in my notes the Bengals. Uh, this sounds exactly like a song that would be perfect for the Bengals to cover and to release, especially back in the 80s. I also have uh, the, the vibe of the song made me think of the song So Far So Pleased from Raven to the Door Fantastic. Uh, oh, yeah. The duet with Gwen Stefani kind of gave me that vibe, and the guitar work is really what stood out for me—crazy good guitar work on this song. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, definitely a definitely a highlight, and uh, great to finally have this in full and in great audio quality as well. So yeah, then we have Walking in Glory. Which is the second of two tracks I categorize in my own made up genre of Purple Gospel. And of course, I have heard people on Prince.org talk about the fact that the music for Walking in Glory is connected or is the same basic music of Two Nigs United for West Compton on the Black Album. Uh, it's the same basic music track with a few little tweaks and differences here and there but of course this song has lyrics and it gives me almost a love sexy vibe like it could be it could be a replacement for I know on love sexy which I would never I would never realistically replace I know because I love it it's one of my favorite album openers in Prince history and one of my most favorite uplifting spiritual songs that he's ever done. But again, the, the vocals on this are so great and he gets so into it and so passionate. And the guitar work again is just absolute fire and I love it. So yeah, this is a out for me. Dreamy, what do you think of walking in Glory.
1: Yeah, I made that same connection too, and I found found that kind of interesting. I don't I don't care for that particular song from the Black Album that much because it's just a pure instrumental, and I feel like it doesn't really go anywhere. And this one it, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's not one I would probably go out of my way to listen to. It's an interesting story where it sounds like like a girlfriend of his like passed away, and she's now now with my god in heaven. And I noticed today that there's, there's a weird juxtaposition that happens where, what what the music starts to really go, it's like, and some of the vocal things he does, it almost sounds like he went to this the spirituality side, and then he 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 reverts back to spirituality by the end. But it's kind of an interesting thing that happens in the middle. So,
0: huh. I'll have to go back and look out for that. Definitely, but yeah, I, I love the song. It's, it's interesting. I like it. I like it a lot better than the black album track because obviously this track has lyrics. But yeah, good song. And next we have one of the saddest songs I think that that Prince ever wrote and recorded. And of course we all know the legend about the first version of the song that Prince recorded and erased Susan Rogers said it was the best thing Prince had ever done and she said with this second version recorded the next day the lyrics are exactly the same but his vocal delivery is a little bit different a little more detached and less emotional and of course we're talking about the song Wally. again for me it's one of those songs that had the has the same sort of gloomy heartbreak vibe as a sort of like empty room. It has that same type of feeling or sentiment to me. And it feels like he's, he's desperate for distraction. So he's sort of, he's sort of acting upbeat and ready and willing to go to this party and, and meet someone. But yet you can hear it in his voice that he's underneath it all. He's kind of heartbroken and, Desperate for some sort of distraction to distract him from this heartbreak, so it's very interesting the way Prince's lyrical delivery um, gives that feeling. But then, then there's a there's a lyric that Dwayne Tudal writes about in his book that that is like a a vague or an indirect reference to suicide because he talks about going to the party and then he says. If I don't find somebody, somebody will find me. And Dwayne makes a connection like, if he doesn't find somebody at the party to start a relationship, then eventually somebody will find him after he commits suicide from his heartbreak. So that's the that's the lyrical lyrical connection that Dwayne makes in his book. And I don't know if it's exactly accurate but I guess we'll never know Prince would be the only one that would really know the truth but it's it's interesting to think about in that way and then once again the guitar work on this song I mean I've, I've said it for several songs in a row but the guitar work on this song is absolutely amazing so yeah amazing song uh, very historically significant in terms of Prince's recording history and his personal history as well, because he wrote the he wrote this song, he wrote and recorded this song in response to his the breakup of his engagement with Susanna Melvoin, who of course is Wendy's twin sister. Um, who was Susanna was his first really really serious fiance. But, yeah, great, great song and very emotionally impactful and emotionally charged. And, Dreamy, what do you think of Wally?
1: It's interesting to finally have this one after, after hearing all the folklore about it. I can only imagine, like, what his, what his vocals would have been like with the version he had erased. It must have been a l- Way too personal, too revealing, and he didn't want that to get out. Yeah, I I don't think I've fully like sunk into it myself yet. Even though I know the the background of it, maybe part of part of me in, in my head is playing devil's advocate, and it's like maybe we're because of the story behind it, we're making too much out of it. But there are parts where it's like you do you feel chills, you feel the emotional impact. It's not exactly the the same song, but some of the emotional stuff that he brings to it made me think of the song, Another Moment Christmas, like, just that yeah. raw emotion that comes out, and I I also wrote notes about guitar so it's like, it's it's a different solo compared to some of the other ones, like, it stands out on its own.
0: Okay, and then we have, I Need a Man." which was written and given to the blues legend, the guitarist, and singer Miss Bonnie Raitt, who I absolutely love. You might know her. One of her biggest hits was Something to Talk About, and she also did the original version of I Can't Make You Love Me, which is a heartbreaking ballad which Prince eventually covered and released on the Emancipation album. But yeah, this song was written for Bobby Rape, and I'll just say, to begin with, you you can really feel that Bobby Rape vibe to it, because it's got a, a funky, kind of spunky blues vibe to it, but Dreamy, I'll let you start this one off. What do you think of the song, I Need a Man?
1: Yeah, I feel like these last four songs we, we're we going to talk about, they they all kind of lump together for me, like they sound, I think... They're, they were all ones that he wrote and intended for somebody else, and maybe from a different, like a female perspective. So you know, they're not you. You can't take them as like his songs. But a couple of them I really like, and this is one of them. That I find the chorus really sticks in my head, and
0: oh yeah,
1: I, I just yeah, it's like I'm I'm already kind of singing along to it. And there's some. No, some nice lyrics where he he talks about not wanting to be obsessed about money, and then he Larry says a little money don't hurt, but I'd rather have a body that works, like stuff like that. And I think I have one 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 note that says that yeah. would be a, a fu- it would be a nice song for an a female artist from the R&B genre. Like they they could really make something out of this and do a good job with it. And the
0: horn section is also really cool. Yep, I have that in my notes. The horn, the horn section, the horn parts are really, really hot. I have it written as H A W T. So okay. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I really, I really like the horns. It's Prince being being playful, uh, being bold. You know, taking on that bold female persona. You know, I need a real man so step, step up to the plate, and the one, the one lyric that really made me laugh and really made me chuckle was, let me tell you one more time in case you think I'm drunk, so, oh my
1: God.
0: <laughs> in case you think I'm drunk, let me tell you one more time, but, yeah, uh, yeah I love that, I love that lyric, but, yeah, it's a great song, and and Bobby Raitt's version is really good too. If you haven't heard that, uh, I would definitely, definitely suggest you seek it out. It's a yeah, it's a great bluesy song and a lot of fun. So, promise to be true. Again, you know the same with back when we talked about the track train. I said I got a Motown vibe. You know, a 1960s Motown soul vibe, and I, I definitely get the same vibe here, but it's, it's different. It's almost like a, it's almost, well, it's almost like a fifties vibe instead of a sixties vibe, kind of a fifties, you know, sock hop vibe to it. Um, it kind of gives an old school vibe of a, of a track like when you remind a little bit of the throwback, you know, it's the old, you know, rock and roll era of the fifties and sixties. And the the vocal by Fritz is really great. It's really passionate and really uh, has a lot of conviction. So I I really like I really like the song. Jamie, what do you think of "Promise to Be True"?
1: Yeah, all your 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 comparisons, I I totally agree. They they were giving me the similar vibes. Um, this is probably one that it doesn't hold up to a lot of the other songs in the album. I'm I don't like it quite as much, but I'll, I'll listen
0: to it, but it's kind of average. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Then we have an example of, let's see, Prince's, Prince's sense of humor is in this song in full force, and we know it's it's was probably intended for a female artist because it's saying from the female point of view, but it's just hilarious. I was smiling, I was smiling and laughing the whole time listening to this song. And it's it's the 1986 version, I believe, of Jealous Girl. Personally, it gave me a it gave me kind of a Camille vibe, specifically the song Love or Money. It has the same type of tempo, same type of vibe, and the lyrics. Are hilarious, you know. That's okay, because I cut up her face, or that's okay, because I blew up her car. You know, what can I say? I'm a jealous girl. Like, it really should be psycho girl, but it's just, it's just <laughs> hilarious. I mean, it's just such a fun song, and I love it a lot. So, Dreamy, what do you think of Jealous Girl? I
1: love this one. You first first time I heard it, it was like, oh man! Like I kind, I kind of got that he was singing from a different perspective, but I, I was loving every second of it. Um, yeah, the melody, I have notes like, i I was comparing it to a lot of mid '90s songs he put out, like, I'm a little bit of, get your groove on and damned if I do, and also songs like Last December and Dinner with Dolores, like some of the some of the bits in the melody, certain notes, remind me of the songs in the double clap that happens throughout. That happens in the song "Blue Limousine" from Apollonia 6. But this is, yeah, the lyrics in this one are like so much fun, and yeah, you know, it's like that's a hip for <laughs> a car. Like that like that's, it's hard not to like just laugh out loud whenever, whatever I hear, <laughs> hear that line. But just, oh, just yeah. the humor is awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's such a fun song to listen to. And finally, the final track we'll be reviewing before we sum up and give our thoughts on the set as a whole. There's something I like about being your fool. Dreamy, I'll let you start off this last one. What do you think of this track?
1: Yeah, I kind of like it. I don't love it, but I I do enjoy it. It's very relaxed. I'm I'm thinking about the from 1999 fall, The the song "If It'll Make You Happy" is like it's a very similar kind of vibe, and I guess it's kind of a similar type of song where he, well, actually not entirely, not entirely, but he he talks about like if the relationship's not going all that well, and he's like, I don't, like I don't mind that, like taking the abuse or just being abandoned. I just like I. Like it's a weird, it's kind of a weird relationship that kind of is going on. But I mean, it's it's kind of a sad story, but I, I don't feel overly sad when I listen to it.
0: Right, right. It's kind of one of those one of those songs where the the lyrics and the vibe of the music there's kind of a disconnect or a you know a opposite type thing going on with the you know, the juxtaposition of the lyrics and the, the music. But for me, it, uh, my notes I have, it has kind of a reggae or a ska vibe to it. Yeah. Um, like you say, really relaxed, really chill. And I really like the vocal. I I, thought, I found it to be really emotional and really heartfelt by Prince, which you don't, you know, well, he gives great vocal performances, but this one stood out to me as being really emotional and really heartfelt. And with the reggae vibe, I really got the vibe of the, the the band, the police, which sting was a member of the police. He was the bass player, the lead singer. So I really got a police vibe from this song for some reason, because of the most likely because of the reggae element to it. But again, And again, in my notes, I have guitar. So there's something about the guitar in these songs that's really on point and really impactful and really uh, grabs my attention. So yeah, I really like this song. Really good way to close out the set, I think. Dreamy, what are your overall thoughts on these outtakes for the Sunday Times era as a whole?
1: As a whole, I'm... I find that there's a lot of really solid grooves and I've, at the top at the moment. I can't think of another album he put out where I've like really found the groove and I feel like I'm moving quite as much as I have with a lot of these songs. And it's nice to have like all of them and maybe some, there's maybe some repetition, some of the repetition is warranted, some is not. And there's, it's nice to have some songs you hear about, like there's, Kind of a leg, their their legendary status, I guess, within like their songs that like diehard fans all know about, and it's nice to ha- to actually have them compared to like 1999. Well, I mean, it, it's really hard to draw comparisons. I think I I still prefer 1999, but there's some some songs from here that are like I really really enjoy especially some of the Dream Factory stuff with Wendy and Lisa I found I really enjoyed just hanging with those
0: yeah I mean you're, you're pretty much spot on with my thoughts as well I mean these songs with legendary status that we've never heard before or if we had heard them they were either in super crappy bootleg quality or you know uh, just snippets of the song and not the full song. Uh, to finally have all the full songs in great quality is, is really nice. There's some songs that, you know, that are repeats of songs that you know, repeat versions that, that don't really add to the quality of the set or aren't really a selling point for the set, but there's some there's some versions that are really good to have on from a from a, you know, from a historical standpoint and you know, just from a comparison standpoint, comparing the the separate versions to, you know, see which one you personally like better uh, like with Big Tall Wall and songs like that. It's a very uh, very comprehensive set. There's a lot a lot, a lot of music. So I don't really know going forward in the future with future deluxe sets how they're going to be able to top this in terms of sheer volume. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here, and a lot of it is very, very good. So overall, yeah, I would prefer the I prefer the 1999 vault tracks just in terms of consistency. And quality, but like you said, there's some great grooves in the side of the times vault tracks that you just lock on and, you know, hold on to and, and just groove with. So, very, very nice. So, yeah, that's a nice way to sum it up. Later this week, at the end of the week, tune in. The next podcast that's coming up will be with Minneapolis historian Kristen Summer. And also, we will be joined by special guest, Dr. Christy Faircloth, who is one of the organizers of the upcoming academic conference, Friends 78 to 88. So we'll be talking to those two ladies later this week, so be on the lookout for that. Until then, this is Chris Johnson speaking for myself and Dreamy Pop Royalty. We'll see you next time. And... We're out, everybody. Thank you.